everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. And I'm Clayton. I'm the romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. <laughs> you always look side to side, like real innocent, like whenever you say it. <laughs> I'm doing it right now, but yes, I yeah, do. It's good. Um, all right, Clayton, are you ready? We did a big book this week. We did. Um, I read it in one day and it feels like a fever dream. <laughs> you texted us. Uh, I read this book in one day. Now I feel like I'm on drugs. <laughs> I, I, and I stand by that statement. We got a message this week. Well, no, we got this a while ago, actually. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and it's from our friend Maya, who I think lives in France. She has a French thing, a French email. Uh, and she wrote, I re-listened to your podcast with my friend today during lunch break, and we blame you all for the food spilled in the car from laughter. And my friend almost choking on her sandwich, and we now look... And we now both look forward to your next episode. Keep up the good work. From Maya and Nesreen. And Nesreen has a PS. Um, her book suggestion is A Hunger Like No Other by Cressy Cole. It's a steamy paranormal romance. He finally inches his way to the surface, then into a darkened alley. But her scent has faltered. Fate has given her to him when he needs her most, and God help him and this city if he can't find her. His brutality had been legendary, and he will unleash it without measure for her. He fights to sit up against a wall. Clawing tracks into the brick street, he struggles to calm his ragged breaths so he can send her once more. Need her. Bury myself in her. Waited so long. Her scent is gone. His eyes go wet and he shudders violently at the loss. An anguished roar makes the city tremble. So I got this a few months ago. I think we already read the first part of that on on air before. Oh. I think I remember that because we were giving – because I was like, oh, France. Well, she recommended a a different – um, book to us that we read but at this moment i can't remember and i didn't put it in the show notes oh okay so she was one of the first people to email us Maya. she was that's why i remember her yes mm-hmm. um and so what i initially responded to that was i don't think we're going to do it because there's a podcast called faded mates and they it's two super smart super funny super intelligent women going through every book in the series like book by book mm-hmm. and i was like we're two bozos. I don't think anyone wants to hear us. If you could listen to um, Sarah and Jen talk about it. Then we got a little massage that said uh, from Faded Mates and they wanted to hear your take on it. So I said, if you, if we have your blessing, I'll do it. And they said, you have our blessing. Oh, so nice. should we judge a cover? Yes. Now, this book was from 2006. So there, it looks like there's been a, a few covers. It looks like the, I think the first cover was this where it's like a full moon and then a dark man holding a blonde woman. And it looks like he's about to bite her neck, which is not what happens in the book because she's a vampire, not him. Yeah. So that's misleading. She's wearing just like a little sexy lace up bra thing. So, yeah. Way to go, Emma. Um, so I like the one that we got. The Him behind the lattice work is the best one. The other yeah. one is just uh, a woman in front of a full moon. Yeah, uh, yeah, and th- the font is weird on that one. It's uh, a hunger, and then like no is very small <laughs> in between other, so it looks like it's a hunger other, which I don't know what that means, but 
but I would I would read a book called A Hunger Other. <laughs> is that our fan fiction? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A Hunger Other. What is the book about? Okay, so so this is the second uh, this is the second book in the series, right? I th- yeah, but I think the first one was like a novella. Okay, because we get thrown right into some action here, because Lachlan is a uh, a were man basically. Yeah, like yeah, a. He's a like which is a, a lichen means wolf, correct? So he's a wolf person, <laughs> and he had been chained up for like a hundred years or something. Hundred and fifty. Hundred and fifty years. This guy had been chained up underneath Paris, and he. This is what I didn't understand at the beginning. Does he completely rip his leg off to get free? Okay, so he's crawling around above ground in Paris, missing a leg, but he regenerates. So he it's starting to it starts to heal at some point. But when we first meet him, he is one legged. Well, when we first meet him, he's all tied up underground, and then he smells his mate, mate who he doesn't know. He doesn't no. know who she is, but he smells her. Well, and every Lyke has one mate that they find in their lifetime, which okay. can be forever because they're immortal. So once he smells it, he knows, like, this is his one chance to ever have a mate. So he has to do what he got to do, and that includes ripping your own leg off. It's like a 127-hour situation, right? I know, but you just wonder if he could do that at any stage. Why didn't he sooner? He was just tortured for 150 years. But I guess that's how powerful the, the mate is. What's the chances your mate shows up right above your 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 like cavernous cage where you've been stuck for 150 years? The catacombs. You, you got to think that's fate, right? <laughs> he then meets Emma, who is a half Valkyrie, half vampire, who is in Paris looking for her father. Correct? Yeah, that's but we don't we find, know that. But we find that out later that she's looking for her daddy. And she's up there, and she is who he smells. And he comes and kidnaps her and takes her to a hotel room and assaults her. Is that correct? Yeah. It's tough because I think I tried to read this a while ago, and I it's the first, like, ten chapters that are basically <clears> – <throat> He has found her mm-hmm. after two weeks of searching. So that's how he, his leg is like a little bit more. Like yeah. he's standing upright and uh, brings her back to the hotel room. And he knows that she's his faded mate. She doesn't know. And I don't really know in her cultures if like, like Valkyries don't have faded mates. So Mm-mm. it's not like a concept. Like it's a concept she's aware of, but it's not one that she ever thought she would participate in. Valkyries don't eat, correct? No. Even though when the Valkyries hang out, because she lives with a bunch of Valkyries. They're, yeah. And they're her aunts, because her mom is dead. They're popping popcorn they're not even eating. No. They Just pop so popcorn. they can throw it at each other. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it as a concept. It does sound pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. I would 100% move into that Valkyrie sorority house in the bayou. Yeah. Oh. That'd be fun. Nyx, who is also one of the Valkyries, I loved her. She was so funny. She was just like, everyone's, she's like, I th- everyone thinks I'm crazy. Yeah. You might be. You might be. If everybody thinks you're crazy, you might be a little crazy. <laughs> but, um, so they're in this hotel room, mm-hmm. and he 
forces her to wank him off in the shower. He comes very, very fast because he has been underground for 150 years. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't realize she's doing it. He puts her hand on his schwanz and then it just goes. I mean, she knows what she's doing. She does, but she doesn't. At first, she does. Like, he takes the hand and puts it there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? She didn't say, hey, how about I give you a handy? He makes her do it. So there is a bit of uh, a dubious consent, I would say, to the point of not not not, no, consent. n- not consented at the beginning. Because mm-hmm. most of the books, she'll say no, he'll say, but you want it, and then she'll eventually say yes, and then it happens after the yes. It's not that way at the beginning of this book. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's, that's a little tough. Yeah, and then that's not what happens here. It's not sort of like he and she ends up basically acquiescing under like extreme duress. Uh-huh. Like she's not capable of giving consent at that stage. And she's the kidnapped. She doesn't know who this guy is and what his deal is. She's mm-hmm. although she does get on the phone with the other Valkyries, and it's like, I met a guy. <laughs> no, he's kidnapping you. Is what's happening. Right. I think, but that was later when she had agreed to bring him to Scotland. And I think that she didn't want them to come running. So I think if she said, like, oh, he's a Lyke, they would have been like, what the? Because they kill Lyke. Yeah. They don't like vampires and they don't like Lyke. Although she's the last female vampire. Yeah. In this in this universe, I think they just don't pre- know. Like nobody has ever seen female vampires, so they don't know. Like even if they do exist, so they're trying to protect her, mm-hmm. um, and they won't kill her. Although they they like to kill other vampires. Yeah, well, she's like their niece. Like uh-huh. not going to kill your niece. And Emma is, in her own words, a coward. She says to begin with. Mm-hmm. She says she's always scared. The as soon as she feels the like slightest bit of pain, she starts crying. And in this book, she has to put up with a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. So her kind of arc is she goes from being a real wimp to being somebody who <laughs> ends up chopping a vampire's head off and his limbs and cutting him in half at the waist. Yeah. At his request. But not just any vampire. Her dad. <laughs> who is also the guy who trapped her faded mate in the catacombs for 150 years. He didn't know that was going to be his son-in-law. You know, yeah, you're right. It's weird. Before it's a, we know that, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? It's a crazy, stupid love situation. <laughs> <It is. laughs> I, do you think crazy, stupid love was based a little bit on this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think without that, a doubt. Yeah. I think it got a, I think uh, Cressley Cole got a story by credit on that movie. Good for her, honey. Mm-hmm. Get that back end points. Get that back end, period. Because then she is sleeping. First, he takes her to bed and forgets to close the curtains, and she's a vampire, so she... Starts baking in the sun and he doesn't realize and he wakes up and she's just like frozen in terror, crying blood. And I think that's when he starts feeling like, ah, shit, I really got to protect her because she's weak in this world. Like a vampire has weaknesses around the sun and other things. Um, But then once he sort of takes care of her that day and night cycle, uh, she's sleeping and he just immediately starts going down on her. Yeah, and she gets mad at that. And she that. kicks him. She kicks him. Which is great because that's also the first time that she really starts standing up for herself where she is assaulting this guy who's assaulting her, which I think is, you know, 
good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's sort of like a turning point, too. And then he convinces her to drive him to Scotland because he is basically a time traveler. He's been under the ground for 150 years. Well, this reminded me very much of Kiss of the Highlander, Um, only because she said, your castle's not going to be there. It's going to be a Walmart. (laughs) And he said, no, it's not going to be a Walmart. Because uh, he did a bunch of research, I guess, on their drive over. He was like reading everything he possibly could to to bone up on um, the modern world. And so he said, no, the castle is going to be there. My riches are going to be there. I'm going to give you jewels every day. And I thought to myself, yeah, yeah your castle's not going to be there, asshole. Because <laughs> I, from Kissing the Highlander, I thought, no, there's no way. But 150 years, what was Kiss of the Highlander? He was, he was like... 1400s centuries right yeah okay because this i mean this is centuries one century one century so but his castle actually ends up uh being there yeah which is good Convain. Mm-hmm. which was supposed to be impossible to find but everyone finds it yet everyone finds it and it's the same way with where the valkyrie live it's hidden but everybody knows where it is <laughs> and everybody can find it It's just like a speakeasy in New York City in 2007. Uh, Exactly. We all knew where they were. We all got it. Yeah. So then they come to Convain and she, he has to basically convince everybody not to kill her because she's a vampire vampire. and everyone hates her. It also, he doesn't realize that she's not a full vampire until we get there and she, he calls her family and they're like, oh, she's Valkyrie. Like you didn't know. I didn't understand why she kept that a secret. She didn't stand up for herself a lot other than kicking him when he was trying to give her conolingus. She could have spoken up uh, several times about several things, but she just didn't do it. And I don't know if that was her cowardice. That I mean, she claims she's a coward, so I think maybe that's it. But mm-hmm. there, there should have been more talking between the two of them, an explanation, I feel like. Yeah. But he gets upset because... She's 70 years old, which is young for a vampire. He's 1,200 years old, and he has this freak out where he thinks, oh, I, I can't believe I've been treating her this badly. She's only 70. Like, so is it you're treating her badly because she's young makes you feel bad? You shouldn't treat anybody the way you treat. This guy was, if she would refuse his his sex, he would rip apart a hotel room or he would be he would rip apart the back uh the the headboard of a bed or when they went out to eat at a restaurant when she got back from the bathroom even though they don't use the bathroom either she just wanted to be she she wanted to do it like a real date and she saw that there was two humans dating and she saw that they uh one of them went to the bathroom so she wanted to do the same thing and she wanted to fix her hair and all Mm -hmm. that stuff but she gets back and there's a huge claw print in the thing because he's so turned on. And then he would just like wreck stuff and then go into the bathroom and jerk off in the shower, which was the most realistic uh, <laughs> part of this book. So most guys do. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. something I learned when I lived with two guys. Yeah. And I was like, you take such long showers. And he was like, no, I'm masturbating in there. And I was like, ooh. He would admit that? Yeah, he was weird. This is when you lie. He, That's when you say my butthole's really big and deep. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the lie? Yeah. 
because nobody's going to ask questions. Yeah, no, I think that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, no, he was an English guy and he got so much extra like points for being English. Of and course. he used to like play so many video games. And then he would have these girls come over and just basically bring him takeout and sit in, on the couch and watch him play video games for hours. And I'd be like, who are I had so little respect for these women. And then one of them was a lawyer for the UN. I was like, hun. What how was he, he good looking? No, but he was tall, so then people think he's good looking. Yeah. See, tall for men is blonde for women. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Put on a t-shirt. Yep. Because most guys see blonde hair and think hot. Mm-hmm. And then women see a tall guy and think handsome. I think it's the tall and the English. Because I think once a guy has an English accent, people are like, he's so handsome. And I'm like, he's middling at best yeah yeah I'm were you happy. ever were you ever been charmed by an english person that way though like would you ever fall for that for him no fall for that in general just just having an a, accent a guy with an accent because even i get charmed sometimes when an australian will come up to me mm-hmm. and if they're the least bit handsome i'll think what a dreamboat even though they're probably a horrible person because we're all horrible people. Uh-huh. But and also it's like it doesn't make you any classier or smarter if you or funner if you have an Australian accent. But that's your accent. So that's your favorite accent. I guess. I guess. Mm-hmm. I would go with Australia. I do like an English accent, though. Have you ever dated anyone with an accent? No. No, I haven't. Um, no, I haven't. I would, though. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think a woman with an English accent would be also very attractive just because it is. It's, it's, it's different. And I think that's the uniqueness is 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 something that's interesting. I don't know how we got here. Oh, him always going in the shower to jerk it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that was the arc that each of them had, because for him, it was like he had been underground for so long. He had gnawed his leg off in order to leave, which was like a wolf in a wolf trap. Uh huh. And then finally found her and he was like i just want to fuck and he had to basically learn how to like not terrify her yes into like and then finally she did want to have sex with him by the end because her body was responding to his him Mm -hmm. i mean it's interesting too because it's like it being paranormal and them being faded mates in a way that can't exist between humans because humans don't have faded mates obviously it's it's just so interesting because then with consent and her body's saying yes and she's saying no and she's having to fight her body to want him. It's like because it's paranormal, because we've said it in this alternate universe, it doesn't seem as bad where if this was just like two humans in a contemporary or something, I would be like, this is upsetting. Yes. Agreed. And I wonder why, because at the beginning I was very disturbed by everything that happened in the hotel room. I obviously did not like it. But then once we got out of the hotel room, I was really on board with everything. I I, I know. I felt that same way where as soon as she is more okay with it and there is a little bit more consent going on and she has to feed. So she hasn't ever fed from a living being before. She's always been fed blood. Uh, but never bit anybody. So he, she's getting really, really sick, and he he keeps asking her, are you okay, are you okay? He's got to put her in, in baths, in, like, cold baths to survive, and she finally admits, I hunger, I need to eat. 
I hunger. I hunger. <laughs> she said, I'm hungry. I don't know. Um, so she needs to eat, and he lets her feed off him. And as soon as she bites into him, he gets a raging heart on. And I, I thought, that's really cool. <laughs> I was very into that. Uh, I, as much as I'm not into vampires, there's something about that that I thought was really exciting. So when she would bite him and feed off of him, she would get really powerful because he is kind of a god, they say, and he's an immortal. So when a vampire drinks an immortal's blood, they get a lot of power, but they also get their memories. Mm. And that was a big thing in this book, too, where she starts remembering his torture and remembering all these things that kind of spin her out. But they get into a fight. He he lets her bite him and feed she gets really energized and punches him in the face and dislocates his jaw. And then he punches himself in the face to relocate his that jaw. That was really cool. And I thought that was really cool. So I like that then they were both powerful. And like you said, it didn't feel weird at that point because she was coming into her own and it felt more equal. But when she was a scared person at the beginning, I wasn't into that. No. That's yeah, that's gross. Yeah. So there's that time when the first time she feeds because she also is like her body starts reacting to. Yeah, because she was really skinny when she wasn't feeding. And then as soon as she feeds, she gets like hips and and uh, yabos and all that. Like they come back. Yabos. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then the second time she's like grinding on him, grinds him to completion, which I'm like, <laughs> that's pussy power. Uh-huh. And. He starts looking for, uh, oh no, but then after she drinks from him, she sees the whole thing from his point of view and that's sort of a turning point. She's like, oh, he was really trying hard to not scare me. Yeah. Even though he did splinter the headboard. (laughs) Yes. He breaks so much shit. It's comical almost. Because I knew, okay, she's going to say no. Like he's going to get all frenzy. She's going to say no. He's going to break something and then just go jerk off. (laughs) (laughs) And just imagining this huge beast man doing that. Now, he's not in his wolf shape when he's doing this, but he's still very large, very muscular, and, uh, you know, like a a, a very imposing figure. Yeah. She thinks he's hot from the jump, though. Yes. She talks about how hot he is. And then, so finally, when they're up at his castle, and everyone is very like, oh, she's your faded mate? Like, cool, cool. Yeah. Pretty much except for one chick, Cassandra. She immediately starts trying to fight her, and it's like an ex-girlfriend sort of, I don't know. I do hope we're setting up for a Cassandra book because I didn't like that it was just like the other woman. Like, basically, it was Lachlan's ex-girlfriend who was trying to get rid of her. Mm -hmm. All right. And they fight. They physically fight, and that's when Lachlan finally is watching this happen and, like, watching his faded mate be injured he like feels it and so it's hard but he knows that he can't jump in like she has to finish this for himself and like herself and she can Mm -hmm. and that's the first time where she like wins that match where she's like oh i have power like i have done all these things like all these things that were the most frightening to me and the things in the world that the things that i feared most i've conquered all of them in a week that was cool yeah i loved that moment because i feel like this week there was a few things i was scared to do and i did them and i ended up getting positive things from doing them and i felt that too where you're just like 
elation. Mm-hmm. I didn't fight a Lyke for my husband, but like close close yeah, yeah i close emailed somebody i was scared to email oh my god are you okay and it's yeah okay. you know i've recovered i i should have asked you if you did that before we started because then i would have been like maybe we can just you know reschedule yeah yeah it's Thank a you. lot it's a I lot appreciate it. no i didn't say it was a big thing but it oh. was like something you're putting yourself out there and it's scary i'm joking but i'm that same way about stuff like that mm-hmm. it's you, you just sit there and you are like nervous and should I press send? I'm just going to do it. And then I'm not going to look at my email for two days. <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> I've done that before. I just hit send and then I immediately have to do things. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, so you don't look. I physically get into a ball. Do you? <laughs> just fetal position. Just fetal. Yeah. Under the under my desk. Ooh, you have a desk. No, I lie. <laughs> it's a bunch of milk crates. <laughs> They end up having sex in a field. So he knows that when he turns into his, and it's not like he turns into like a wolf, like bark, bark. So he doesn't want, he knows that he doesn't want to have sex with her when he's his like other being because he knows he'll be really rough because he's basically a beast at that stage. And he's so big. But they describe him as being like a shadow person. Like, I don't, I never could wrap my mind around what he was supposed to look like. Yeah, he doesn't look necessarily like a wolf, like we would imagine a wolf man to look like. But he 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 looks probably more like what we see in that that cover you were explaining, where he's leaning down to bite her. That's probably more what he looks like. He looks like a shadow person. Mm-hmm. But that happens after one of my favorite scenes, oh. which is when she goes down on him. And bites his penis and sucks blood from it. And then he ejaculates at the same time. This book was nuts. <laughs> I feel like I'm desensitized now to stuff because I did think that was I, I liked that a lot. But I also it it didn't it like I just shrugged at it. I was like, OK, that makes sense. She's got she's you know, she can suck blood. She's going to give him a blowjob. I like that that happened. Yeah, two but, birds, one stone. Yeah, but it felt very mu- much to me like, oh, here's here's two cars that I know are going to hit each other. <laughs> like it seemed inevitable mm. more than surprising. Yeah. Although it was a highlight. It was great. Uh-huh. Well, and that's sort of when she's decided like, yeah, we're going to fuck. And then she runs away from him, which is part of the mating ritual. Mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. At first I didn't, I, I, why is she running away? She's escaping. But then it's faded that the mate runs away from the other one and then they have sex after, uh, after that kind of exertion. Mm-hmm. And they do. And they yeah. have a lot of sex. They have doggy style sex first because he's a wolf man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and bark, then bark. Ba- bark, bark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wolf man. Bark, bark. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and then they uh, they basically have sex for like twelve hours straight. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah. You like the sex in this book? The sex was great. The sex was great in this book, past the beginning. I mean, yeah, when it's not assault, uh-huh. I was into it. <laughs> yeah, he loved the destroying underwear. She mm. claims he destroyed a thousand dollars worth of underwear from her. Uh, ladies' underwear are is expensive, so that's uh, two pairs. Yeah. About. <laughs> How now, much? Wait. How much do you think like a nice pair of underwear are? Oh, like one hundred and fifty dollars. Okay, no, they're not that much. Okay, like like uh, seventy five bucks. Mm, like thirty eight is like standard. 
Okay, but a really nice pair. A nice pair. 38 to 68, and then it can go up, obviously. Okay. It's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. I make everything threadbare, and then I'm like, I guess I gotta. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, like you said, it's expensive. Yeah. So, So in this book, then, at the end, what happens is that she finds out that her dad is this evil vampire. Like that, the king of the vampires. Yeah, that everybody hates. And she finds him. No. he. So her aunts oh, come to the house. You're right. Or to the, uh, to the like, castle. Because mm-hmm. they realize that she's missing. They find her. He, on the phone, keeps saying, I will never send her back. Like, screw you people. Because also I think he sort of realizes that they have kept her so sheltered. To the point of, like, her not having basic skills. So yeah. I think he's like, oh, kind of screw these people. Like, how could you raise somebody like this and have her be so, so vulnerable? Because, at like, he's like, I don't want my wife to be vulnerable. I want her to be strong and be able to take care of herself. And anyway, so the Valkyries come. And then do the vampires just the va- follow them? The vampires follow them. They show up. I remember this now. And they kill a bunch of the vampires but she um, – one of the vampires is like, he he wants you. He's looking for you. And she says, I'm looking for him. And she grabs a hold of the one vampire who traces. Mm-hmm. And then they trace to the, to the uh, evil vampire lair. And that's where she is and that's where she meets her good old Papa Bear. And he does – I mean he seems an evil guy, but they are able to talk. And she even mentions offhandedly how weird it is that there it's it was a Clarice and Hannibal Lecter situation where he was talking very just matter of factly about horrible things he'd done and, and everything. So uh And then we also find out who her mother was. Was Helen? Was that her mother? Helen of Troy. Helen of Troy was her mom. Yeah. Yeah, which is wild. Apparently all these women in history are actually Valkyries now. I like so the thing with the Valkyries is that you are oh if you're a woman who you don't have to be necessarily you're not born a Valkyrie right it wasn't the whole thing that you die and become a Valkyrie so like when a female warrior dies in battle she calls out and then these two beings hear her and they go up to Valhalla, and the woman is – the warrior is now pregnant, and then she gives birth to a Valkyrie. Okay. Because so, where they live is called Valhall. Yeah, which is just funny. <laughs> yeah. Apparently they were in, had been in love, mm-hmm. and he was being haunted because he had drank blood from so many different people. He was taking on all these insane memories. He was taking on the feeling of like – the person who he killed, how they felt as he stalked them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ooh. That was freaky. Um, and he was being slowly tormented by this. And her mother loved him and didn't want that to happen. So was trying to teach him how to eat food. And she was eating food too. And we realized that's how somebody can get pregnant. You have to start eating human food. And then yeah, you become fertile. But after Emmeline was born, he went back to drinking blood. And Helen was so upset that she died of sorrow. Yeah. So... And then he realized that he just didn't want to live anymore, like, to just die. And he knew that he only could die if somebody cut off his head. So he was like... Well, cut off his head, cut off his limbs, and cut him at the waist. Yeah. Which she does. And with, she says it takes with forever. A dull sword. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> she picks the dullest sword, cuts him up. She's covered in blood. And then she has slayed the king of the vampires. And she is the queen of the Lyke. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. And so then this guy comes in who had been looking for Ivo to marry her so that he could then become king of the vampires because he's married to the queen, the princess of the vampires. And she traces for the first time back to the bayou. Mm -hmm. And then she's very sick because she was out in the sun. And I feel like we meet a lot of couples that probably have their own books that are going on concurrently. And so we'll just find that out later. Yeah. Who these people are. Because we have another Valkyrie vampire couple Mm -hmm. within that. And another Lyke and Valkyrie couple. Yes, which is so funny. Yeah. So all these people are coming together. And then he, I guess he just takes like a Virgin Atlantic flight from Scotland. Like uh-huh. he just like comes normally. Yeah. <laughs> I would just picture him like waiting in the lounge, like <laughs> <laughs> destroying yeah, furniture. Yeah. Like just on that flight. Sir, do you want a Diet Coke? He goes, no. No. <laughs> then um, he like goes into the, he goes into the bathroom on the flight and doesn't leave until he's done jerking off the whole flight back. So he comes and finally they base he convinces them that he's like good for her. She is able to drink from him and that's the only way that she gets better cuz she's been sick cuz she was out in the sun. And she also at some point we forgot to mention got split open and was almost dying and she sucked on him to mm-hmm. get better. Yeah, she regenerates when she... Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, because they were attacked by vampires. But that was so long ago now. Yeah, yeah. Who really cares? Exactly. <laughs> At a gas station in Scotland. It happens. Yeah. You got to watch out. Um, But then I love how it did end with they're all just, like, watching a movie together. Oh, they're watching the movie of her murdering her father. Which, that was so funny. So, th- this video, uh, Ivo... It says, well, we have modern technology. Of course, I videotaped everything. So, yeah, they are excited. They're chanting movie, movie, movie. <laughs> and the movie is a, 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 a snuff film that they're watching and throwing popcorn at each other. Yes, and it is the murder of her father uh, at her hand. It's just patricide. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and they're cuddling and he's like, I wish I was fucking you in our bed. And she goes... Bing, and they trace back to Scotland. That was so cool. Yeah. Uh, the This book was really good with its action. Mm-hmm. The fights were really visceral and fun to read. And I also loved that at the end where she traces him back. That was so cool that they're like tumbling and then they end up in bed. I, that's such a cool image. There's a few... Uh, scenes in this book that I could imagine as a movie, especially her, her, her father and her having that conversation and the tension there. Mm-hmm. And then the crazy bat shit, like just chopping him apart. I feel like could be done in a way that like I would want to watch in a movie. Yeah. It's not how crazy stupid love ended, but could have. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how that ended. <laughs> They do watch a snuff film at the end, though, right? Yeah, all of them like together. A group. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say this is was an exceptionally well written book, though, because yeah. like once you got past the first, the beginning, it was a wild ride. Mm-hmm. That I remember, I was out to dinner with my friend who listens to the podcast. So hi, and I was just thinking, oh, I can't wait to get back home and read this book. So, oh, that's cool. Now for the big question: <laughs> Would you fuck them? I would fuck him. Um, yes. 
but it would have to be with consent, obviously. Yeah. I, I'd really have to be like, listen, you know. And he seems like somebody, too, you would have to do, like, when people, like, enter a BDSM relationship, like, here are the rules. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like you would need to be like, here are the rules for us fucking. Yeah. Because otherwise, it, anything goes. Yeah, I, I, I would rather, I would not fuck him right after he got out of the uh the 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 prison right right out of the catacombs i don't want him straight out of the catacombs i need him to be a little bit more less feral and and more loving and then i would Mm -hmm. because he gets at the end he's like a very like passionate loving uh lover guy at the end he's good i would not her until she's been through this experience Mm -hmm. because at first she was kind of a coward and she didn't stick up for herself. And I did not find that very attractive, but once she became badass and got more into her powers and, and things like that, I thought she was super sexy, but yeah. So first half of the book, no second half of the book. Yes. Yeah. What do you think? Would you fuck them? I think I would him and not her. Why not her? I don't know. I think it's the same thing. Just I can't separate her at the beginning from even though she is very, very different at the end and she's like Kingslayer and everything. But I don't maybe I would actually. I don't know. I'm into Nick's. She wanted to. I'd be like, let's go. Okay, so I was going to say the Valkyries, you would be into the Valkyries. Yeah, they seemed real fun. And then lightning would clap. Oh, because that's the thing, too. She gets her energy from... uh electricity so then anytime they have any emotion there's giant thunder or lightning so when they're fucking outside there's a thunderstorm that was also very cool with no rain it's very exciting and he so we forgot about this he somehow either plants or there is a uh a night garden Oh, yeah. That they make love in. He has this night garden at his castle that is specifically for her because she can't be out in the sun. Mm. I thought that was super romantic. That was super duper romantic. Yeah, that was so lovely. I like that a lot. And they were hinting to, or Cressley was hinting that, like, the more she drinks from him, she might be able to be in the sun a little bit. Goodreads list. Oh, let's do this. This has got to be on a ton of lists, right? No, two fucking kidding me i know can you even believe it well is this a popular book i know we i thought it was very popular but then i was very surprised the amount of lists i it does not equate to popularity i'm finding yeah two lists ready yeah (laughs) i'm ready for two i guess romances for halloween but yeah, I get. I mean, I guess yeah. But it's not. I wouldn't say this is my Halloween read. No. Yeah. Uh, magical book boyfriends. I, I mean, he's not really mad. I guess he is magical. I mean, they're the. They're he doesn't the lore do magic because I don't think fantasy necessarily means magic. Nobody cast a spell. Nobody had a wand. No, no wands. To yeah. Be seen. There are witches. We didn't meet any. We just heard about them. Uh, yeah, we heard about the witches. But he's not a witch. Two lists. Well, then I went on Twitter and I said, hey, guys, oh, we only have two lists. What so did you do? You went on Twitter? <laughs> no. So I said, I went put a call out. What list would you put this book on? And we got Jess Bryan at Jess Bry said books with snarky fairy Valkyrie godmothers. True. Yeah. Okay. They're great. 
Um, and then Paige at Page Reader said, heroes that bite off their foot leg. Yes, that is true. That's a great <laughs> list. Yes, we need to find more <laughs> books to add to that list. Yeah. Um, did you write down tropes? Oh, I forget. Of course I wrote <laughs> down tropes. Are you kidding me? Okay. OTT hero. Yes. He was over the top. Virgin heroine. And also virgin vampire virgin because she had never sucked blood before this. Vampire Valkyrie heroine. Finger banging. There's some finger banging. You can't put it just sex acts down. <laughs> well, then you're not going to like this next one. It's not a sex act, but it is pre-cum. <laughs> huge cock because he had a huge cock. Dubious consent. Age difference. She's 70. He's 1,200 years old. Faded mates. Uh, bad dad. Because that was the vampire dad was a bad dad. Mm-hmm. Angry shower jerk off. That is a trope. And then, as we mentioned before, impossible to find places that were actually very easy <laughs> to find is a trope in this book. <laughs> what else? What were yours? What were your tropes? Um, I realized just before we started recording that I forgot to fill out this section of the show notes. So, Clayton, you won. It's not a competition. <laughs> I was I, at a funeral today. Everyone feel bad for me. Everybody feel bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, you, I mean, uh, a lot of my tropes. I mean, of course, you would say finger banging because. No, I would trope. not say any of the sex stuff, but I would say faded mates. I would say, yeah, no consent. Um, like a hero. Um, cool aunt. There you go. Okay. That's the, a good it's amount It's the of Sabrina trope. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There was a very a Sabrina vibe. Clayton, what has you suiting this week? So what I'm swooning about is some ambient music. And it, it is an album that actually this is funny because you were talking about Shrill a couple episodes ago. And the woman who wrote that book, she had a list of things she was listening to on pitchfork.com. And she mentioned this collection of music that was reissued i think it's from like 1982 or it's it's from a a while ago and it was this ambient collection called uh music for nine postcards and it's by hiroshi yoshimura and it's really cool relaxing music that i've been starting to listen to when i read or when uh my apartment's too noisy which is always (laughs) I'll put my headphones on and I'll read or I'll write to this music and it's super relaxing and I'm not a big fan of music usually that doesn't have lyrics but for some reason this really hits a uh, a spot for me say if you 
are into relaxing, if you want something to listen to that is uh, out of the ordinary, but also won't won't take up too much of your mind space, you can kind of relax and zone out to it, I would say check out this album, Music for Nine Postcards. Aaron, what has you swooning this week? Yeah. So mine is a TV show on HBO, and it's called High Maintenance. So I um, have loved this show since the beginning. It started as a web series. I loved the web series. And then it came to HBO, and I love it. It's about this guy named Guy who is a drug dealer, but just basically pot, nothing crazy. And it's little vignettes of different people he comes into contact with, so people he's selling to. But this fourth season, which might be the last season, actually I'm not sure, I feel like really just was like a perfect season of television. And they really stretch the lines of like their narrative conceit where now it's sort of like he just like interacts with something like he'll just walk by somebody and that'll be all it takes for that, that person's story to be told. But there it's such beautiful storytelling. It's normally two an episode, like following two different people. And the stories are like so heartbreaking and so beautiful and so amazing that they are able to be told in basically like 15 minutes, like very quick, but feel like really rich and really alive. Um, and so I would say start from high maintenance from the beginning, but if you just don't have the time or don't want to, you can jump in literally at any time. Cause there's no, you're not following a story. It's sort of everything is self-contained, but I just think it's like such a beautiful, um, love story to New York city. And I think it's the only show I've seen that really portrays New York city in a way that like I recognize, um, and I really, really, really love it a lot. And I think it's really, really good. And you should, everyone should watch it. So, Aaron, where can they find us? <laughs> Isn't that so drolly? Um, so, uh, if you want to, we would love it. If you rated, reviewed, subscribe. I know we always say it. It's how people find us. While you're at it, tell people about us. We would love to, you know, tell people in your life, whoever you're looking at right now, say, hey, I'm listening to Learning the Tropes, and I like it. You know, if you're in traffic... Just roll down your window. Yeah, and you're... And somebody is not not going, it's a it's a green light, and they're not moving, don't yell an expletive at them. Yell, yell, listen to Learning the Tropes! It's, it'll, it's, it's still yelling, which is what you want to do, but it's informative, and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they'll uh, have a little bit more love in their life and pay more attention to, to lights when they change. Yeah, exactly. We're out there helping people get to work on time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also email us, learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Suggest books. We love suggestions. Clayton participated in choosing the books for this month, mm-hmm. and so he got to wade into those waters. He had a good time. Because if you don't participate... You can't judge. Yes. That's what I said as I said, you pick them. Uh-huh. Um, it was more like, if you think you're so smart, you pick a book. This is an eerie <laughs> impression of me. <laughs> no, that, she did not do that. No, I didn't yell. I said, oh, do you want to pick? And you said, yeah, sure. Yeah. And that's that's, how, that's how this works. Yeah. Um, at Twitter, we're at Learning Tropes. I would love it. You know, tweet at us. I like a good Twitter convo. Uh, and then at Instagram, we're at Learning the Tropes. That's where if you want to see what we're reading upcoming, we always try to put that up like a week or two before the new month so you can, you know, get those library holds going, 
read the books ahead of time. And then next episode, we are reading Taking the Heat by Victoria Dahl. Um, So I'm excited. It's a librarian romance in Wyoming. We don't have a listener in Wyoming. But maybe. This is our, this is the shot. We're taking the shot. You got it. Shoot your shot. If a romance lover doesn't want, that lives in Wyoming, doesn't want to read about a hot librarian in their home state, I, I don't know what we can do to get you. Yeah, we've done it all. And you, and then we'll take the hint. Yeah. No, we won't. We, we always <laughs> have hope. No, we'll never take the hint. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>